There's that word. Five letters of terror. But believe it or not, that simple word with all its complex meanings could mean the difference between landing the job or losing out. How sales experience could become your ticket to play-by-play success. Coming up on this episode of Sports Booth. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Sports Booth Episode 9, The Sales Angle. So on this episode, my goal is simple, and that's for you to understand the benefit of having some sales experience under your belt when you're in a position to apply for play-by-play jobs. Now, keep in mind, this episode is geared almost exclusively to those who are seeking an entry-level broadcasting position with a minor league team. If your goal is to work at a television station as an anchor or a reporter, Most of this information won't apply to you since you won't be expected to sell. Still, I would continue to listen since you never know where your career path will take you. But if you're like most people wanting to call games, this is a must listen. So how in the world can sales have any kind of bearing on your desire to call games? So throughout college, you gained experience on all fronts, I would imagine. Not only play-by-play, but maybe editing, running camera, producing and directing, maybe even taking a few reps on graphics. You managed to do it all, and now you feel you're ready. But chances are you've never ventured outside the world of broadcasting preparedness during those years. You never took an alternative view. As I mentioned back in Episode 1, our country is home to some world-class journalism and sports broadcasting programs. They are top-notch, no question, elite in getting you ready for life after college. But chances are none of them taught you how to view jobs from the lens of the hiring managers, from the team standpoint, the GMs, and ultimately their owners. So let's take a look at a typical job description for a minor league opening. And this one happens to be from my hometown team, the Gary South Shore Railcats. And this was posted on the STAA website not too long ago. By the way, John Chelesnik, who runs the site, does a great job. And it's really a good resource for young play-by-play broadcasters looking for opportunities. Not only does the Railcats job require proficiency in play-by-play, hey, that's a no-brainer, but it also requires the applicant to be the media relations coordinator for the team, to host pre- and post-game shows, to assist in the creating of videos, prepare lineups and stats packs, handle and write press releases, do the game notes, the team's media guide, along with handling roster moves and media requests. And you know what? We're not done yet. The broadcaster will also be asked to clean the press box, update the website, pull the tarp, be in the office on non-game days from 9 to 5, and assist with ticket orders and group sales. So, take a guess what you'll be doing the most on off days from 9 to 5. Well, chances are you'll be selling. And chances are a big portion of your success in terms of longevity with the team will be determined by your ability to sell and not so much on your abilities in the booth. Whether you like it or not, this is typical in the minor leagues. You see, teams rely on gate and sponsorship revenues to survive. There's no big money from media deals in the minor leagues. 
so everyone in the office is expected to contribute to the financial bottom line. And guess what? That will include you. Now, when I was working in Peoria for the Rivermen, it was as if my duties were split. Almost as if I had two different jobs. You know, during the season, I would call the games and do some sales work around the hockey schedule. But guess what? When that season ended, I was expected to sell, sell, sell. My main responsibility was to sell the radio broadcast. And you know what? In my final season there, I set a record by selling more than $70,000 of radio. Some of that, yeah, that was repeat business, but a decent chunk of it came from new clients. Believe it or not, I came to enjoy the sales side of the job. Sure, it wasn't play-by-play, but it was an opportunity to develop plans with businesses that were mutually beneficial. And you know what? Along the way, I met some great people. And believe it or not, a few of them, after all of these years, I still talk to today. You know, being successful in sales is a mindset. It's a mentality more than anything. And when you embrace a concept and look at it as an opportunity instead of a misfortune, you will have a much greater chance for success. All right, so where am I going with all of this as it relates to play-by-play? Well, through my experiences, applicants who have sales experience will put themselves ahead of many of the candidates that don't. Again, you have to look at it through the eyes of the hiring people. Their goal is not only to hire a competent broadcaster, but also someone who can impact their financial bottom line. Remember what I said, at the minor league level, everyone is expected to contribute on all levels. The South Shore Railcats opening was a perfect example of versatility and experience required away from the broadcast booth. Play-by-play was only a small portion of that job description. They were looking for someone who could wear 15 hats, with just one of those being play-by-play. All right, so if you don't believe me, call up a minor league GM and ask them the importance of sales within the job. Ask them if it's expected for the play-by-play person to sell in the offseason. Universally, the answer will be yes. As I mentioned back in Episode 6, sales experience could very well be the difference of getting the job or getting a rejection letter from the team. Now remember, applying for these jobs is a numbers game. Okay, let's do the math again. 100 or so people will apply. The team will narrow it down to five finalists. And of those five finalists, anyone with sales on their resume will have the edge against the rest of the field. Trust me on this. So how do you gain sales experience at a young age? Well, there are a lot of ways. First, I want you to think back when you were still in school, before you even got to college. Did you cut lawns in high school? Did you have a summer job at a fast food place? Did you work over the summer at your parents' business? All of these examples could work in your favor. Having a summer lawn cutting business tells me that you're an entrepreneur that sold your services to neighbors. You performed the service, you had to collect the money, you planned out a schedule so you're used to that, you interacted with the homeowner to make sure that they were satisfied with your work, and you likely rebooked them for the following season. You could really play this up in an interview when asked if you had any sales experience. You know, the same is true with a fast food job. Maybe you suggestively sold additional menu items to the diners. You had to be accurate on all orders, and you communicated with your clients. 
These are all aspects of selling. Now, if you worked in the family business, maybe you sold your ideas and items to clients. Maybe you interacted with them over the phone. You helped solve their problems and made sure that the product was delivered on time. These are more examples of selling. If you have any of these experiences, they need to be front and center on your resume. The only way the team will know about your experiences is if you tell them, and your resume is the place to do so. So what if you don't have any sales experience yet? Well, college campuses and towns are full of opportunities. Even inside your own student radio stations, there might be opportunities to gain experience there. For example, when I was an undergrad at Michigan State, I sold ad packages to local businesses that covered our expenses and allowed us to broadcast some road games for basketball and hockey. And all I did was solicit a couple of places. One was the residence halls cafes, and the other was a local bar we'd frequent. And that was my start. During my summers in college, I was a summer sales checkout rep for a garden seed company. I literally traveled across the Midwest settling accounts, inventorying display racks, and shipping those racks back to their distribution facility. Another summer, I had a sales internship with Land O'Lakes Foods in Chicago. Both gigs paid the bills and gave me much-needed sales experience that I never thought was going to pay off down the road. But guess what? It did. Now, I'm not saying that you have to go to that extreme to gain experience, but I would highly recommend some type of experience on your resume before you leave college because it could make all the difference in the world in terms of going up against your competition. And also, as we discussed on that job description for the Railcats, PR, website, and writing experience are other areas where having a little bit of experience could help you. Try to have all of these areas covered in one fashion or another prior to graduation. But remember, sales should be your number one priority in these areas. And finally, it's funny how sales will play a role in your career for many years to come, even if you don't always see it that way. One example is when you're dealing with athletes. In a way, you are selling them on trusting you to know you won't misquote them or represent them in any way. You are building rapport with them, which is a huge part of sales success. And in the unlikely event your career as a play-by-play broadcaster takes a turn for the worst, or in the event you lose your job at some point, just think of all the contacts you will have made in the business community. Maybe there's an opportunity there to do work for a former client, to make some money, and to get back on your feet before pursuing your next broadcasting gig. Hey, you never know. If you remember anything from this episode, please remember the importance of sales experience and how it can be the deciding factor in landing the job instead of losing it. Learn to understand the hiring priorities from the perspective of the team. Remember, revenue is king, and those who produce it often benefit from it. And finally, have an open mind about sales. Selling and sharing your ideas to someone across the table can be very rewarding, not to mention your ticket for getting to do what you love inside the broadcast booth. Hey, don't forget, if you have any questions, email us at pxpquestions at gmail.com. We've had some emails, and it's been great to hear from you. Follow us on Twitter at SportsBoothPod1, and please let us know what you think of our podcast. Until next time, Matt McConnell saying thanks for listening 
and we'll talk to you again on another edition of Sports Booth.